Welcome to Sunday Vibes at NST Podcast, the show brought to you by the team behind Sunday Vibes, the New Straits Times lifestyle Sunday publication. My name is Intan Maizura and I am the football-loving, coffee-drinking editor of Sunday Vibes. And in case anyone's remotely interested, my team is Tottenham Hotspur and I'm a proud Libran. Hi, I'm Elena Koshi. I'm the senior writer of Sunday Vibes. I love food, I love coffee, I love birdwatching, not necessarily in that order. But hey, welcome to our podcast. Yes, and the Sunday Vibes at NSD podcast is essentially an extension of our print product. An informal Borat club, if you like, where Elena and I will be sharing our thoughts, views and stories on a range of topics that we hope will resonate with Malaysians from all walks of life. So why not you just sit back, relax and enjoy the vibe. All right, welcome to our show. And this time we're going to talk about volunteering. I think it's quite a loaded subject. And uh, with us today, we have our guest host. Now, I got to have some time introducing her. Firstly, she's Wong Yi Lin and she holds many, many roles. Like, for example, Farm Animal Welfare Unit Manager of SPCA's Lango, Vice Chair of Malaysian Nature Society's Lango Branch, President of the Kota Damansara Community Forest Society. And that, she tells me, is are not the only posts that she hosts. You know, Elaine, hi, welcome to our show. Exactly how many posts do you hold? Hello, it's my absolute pleasure to be here. I hold a number of positions in different organisations and I'm a regular volunteer with different causes and I also have started a few initiatives of my own. Okay, so there's apparently uh, you know not enough hours in the day for Elin because you know the rest of us live by 24 hours but I'm not sure with all these things that she does and more, I don't think 24 hours uh, is enough for you, right? I think it's quite sufficient <laughs> for anybody to live on. Okay, so Intan, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> You're so quiet in. there. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just in awe of our guest today, I think. Um, the topic, yes, like you mentioned, it's about volunteering. And I think what we were discussing prior to the show was, was it is it socially wrong not to volunteer? Now, sitting in the presence of such a person who does so many things, I, you know, I was understandably quiet because I was trying to think, when was the last time I actually volunteered for anything? I really don't know. I even, you know, when I think about it, it's been quite a while actually. Yeah, but I think we need to define the word volunteer first. Yeah, what, what does it, it really mean? What does it mean? Is there a proper definition of the word? What do you think, Eileen? Volunteering is generally um, the performance of acts of service without any kind of remuneration or reward. Often, um, it's a position of responsibility and it's usually done um, out of compassion, empathy and it's altruistic. The motives must be altruistic. It can't be because you want a datukship, although I'm sure that's the motivation for a lot of people. Um, if it's like office uh, CSR conducted by corporations or by universities is community service but I would also consider it a form of volunteering. Right, on that note then I'm just curious, uh, Elin, um, what actually motivates you to become a volunteer? Because like you said, there are many things, you know, different, different things that motivate different people, right? But for you, what, what exactly is it? When I was in my teens, I realised that the real purpose of education is to make us better 
persons. And th- there's no point in acquiring a lot of knowledge and awareness if you're not turning that awareness into action. So in my teens, I decided that it was important that I turn my awareness into action. And I didn't want to wait until I was old enough to vote. I didn't think that it was adequate that we vote for the society we want to live in only once in five years. And I said, every action we take, every deed, every purchase is a vote for the kind of society we want to live in. So for me as well, because I was young, it was a way to fight feelings of powerlessness, helplessness and hopelessness. So volunteering empowers you to be the change you want to see. Right. What well, can you remember? What was the first? I mean, your volunteer job that you did. I mean, I don't, it's not a job, right? It's a uh, like you said, it's more role. than that. It's yeah, more like your a role. calling. Yeah. yeah. I started volunteering with SPCA Selangor in 1996, so I would have to take two buses to get there after mm. college. Wow. Um, yeah, and sometimes I, I'd have to wait for more than half an hour for the correct bus to come by, and then walk the rest of the way. And in 2000, I registered. Uh, I applied to be a member of the Malaysia Nature Society, and I started volunteering the same day I was accepted as a member. I signed up as a member. And from then on, there were also a lot of initiatives. I think I have an advantage in that I'm quite an extrovert, so I didn't have to wait until I had companions going. I just no. go and introduce myself to people and say, I can do this, 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 this. Can you let me help? I think that's a good point because um, I think it's one of the reasons why some people don't. It's because the fact that, you know, to do it alone means yes, to me... It, it feels very daunting. Yes, it feels very daunting, you know, going into perhaps, you know, community or an organisation yes. that's already set in place and you alone. Especially you know. when someone feels like an outsider. That's or right. if they are young or they are not an expert in that field, they might feel that, oh, I might not have something to offer. I might make a fool of myself. So that's one of the, re- one of the uh, reasons why people feel hindered. They they feel like um, they, they, they feel discouraged from offering their services. I think that that was one of my biggest uh, thing that I felt that I would be in the way you know that I do not have that expertise or that knowledge to actually uh, kind of volunteer my services so for me that was the main thing that stopped me from volunteering is that I had those kind of fears that I I felt that I would be better off volunteering my finances and donating instead of being there and I think some people do have certain misconceptions about volunteering you know I mean like Intan what about you what would stop you or motivate you into into volunteering? Mm, okay, that's a good question. Actually, what would stop me would probably be the main thing. And I think for a lot of people, this is it. It's time, especially when you're in full-time employment and you have family you think that you don't have enough time in the day to actually you know give of yourself to other causes or other communities um the other thing would be like i mentioned before if i had companions if i had people you know groups of friends who are doing it with me i think that would sort of motivate me to go out there and do something i think generally human beings we want to be able to contribute something in fact that is one of the main reasons people volunteer for a sense of community if you see among pensioners and and retirees, many of them volunteer for the sense of community that, that they lost once they left a workplace. Mm. So it's uh, to feel needed and important. I think um, evolutionarily, we are all wired to be pro-social because you, you have pro-social behavior, you're more likely to, to mate and to reproduce and to pass on the those inclinations for um, altruistic and unselfish and pro-social behavior. So uh, many of us do it for that sense of community 
to connect with others right. to feel uh, themselves to be a part of something bigger than themselves when was the last time you actually volunteered you know for something else i really can't remember but i would like to think that you know doing certain acts of kindness within the community i feel maybe that may not actually find itself in that broad broad scope of volunteering hmm. but uh, you know doing acts of kindness within my community and that those are the things that i do but actually volunteering for something like i said i felt rather intimidated i think that was the main thing for me uh, that that stopped me but of course uh, that's no excuse lah but in the event that i did not do something i tried to give in other ways so yeah i don't really remember actually volunteering for something big yeah because no. that's why earlier i asked um, how do you define volunteer what does it mean i mean for me it's like giving off your energy or yourself with no expectations of being paid or being rewarded right mm. so for me volunteering even as little as volunteering to send my friend's daughter to her college because my friend's busy running around with her job or volunteering to feed the neighbor's kids or volunteering to be the one that feeds the strays around my area for me i mean you know that's not to say that's Wrong. Those are all acts of service and kindness. Correct. You should never feel as though your contribution is too small right. because it's all these tiny tiny contributions that make the world a beautiful place that it is. Yeah. Right? That makes our society strong. Yeah, because whenever we say volunteering, right, you always think you have to do something really big yeah. to yes. make an impact. But and I think every little action, off. yeah, correct. Like for example, you know, the recent floods and you know people helping out at flood relief centers. That was incredible. That was awesome. Did you, you know? see that firsthand, Elin? Yes. Okay, yes, so it was share absolutely with us what you saw. Um, incredible. I was at the Gudwara Sahib in PJ, and um, I was helping in the kitchen, washing up after we uh, cut and prepared the vegetables. And you saw volunteers of different faiths and ethnicities, and different, you know, obviously of different uh, social economic backgrounds, and they were all helping with only one goal in mind: alleviating the suffering. Of of others they weren't thinking about themselves nobody hardly anybody was taking selfies right mm. and then they're just so focused on their work and young people children even elderly ladies were there cooking for the volunteers and cooking for the flood victims it was incredible and even um, cleaning up after the floods buddhisuchi society and even just general uh, groups of volunteers they just organized themselves people went came out in the thousands to That help us I thought that was pretty remarkable. Again, I felt a little guilty. Yeah, I think know. I think we all feel a little guilty. <laughs> Nobody for not should doing. feel guilty yeah. about it. Nobody should feel obligated to volunteer, even if we recognize that it's an unequivocal good that mm. it is good and beneficial for us to volunteer. Uh, we should never judge someone for not being able to volunteer because people's circumstances and opportunities are different. If if you are a parent of young children, you're taking care of elderly parents, or you have other commitments, or you're working in a very demanding job, you don't get much paid time off. You can't. Volunteer and and that's fine. It doesn't mean you're a bad or selfish person. To be able to volunteer is a privilege. I have friends who are differently able. They would love to be able to volunteer in animal shelters, to donate blood, to to go plugging and clean up rivers and forests. And they are not able to, which is why I say, being in a position to contribute is a privilege and a pleasure. We should never take that for granted. Incidentally, what's the toughest challenge as a volunteer that you have faced? 
Can you recall any? Um, so far for me, it's been mostly very, very positive experiences. Okay. For example, I'll just give you a very recent incident. We were in Bagan Lalang, Sepang Beach for a cleanup in November after all the lockdowns were lifted. And uh, we planned to register only about... Uh, 30 volunteers but 50 over registered and over 40 showed up and there were also other groups volunteering and cleaning up the beaches there were some picnickers who offered to join in and there was a ketua kampung who came running up to one of us and he gave us his his little card and say why didn't you tell us that there's a clean up I want my villagers to participate lain kali tolong maklumkan kita tahu and he was so earnest about it so this dispels the general assumption that um Generally, volunteers are upper middle income class and are educated because there's actually a huge diversity of volunteers in That's Malaysia. That's interesting. That's interesting. Everybody wants to feel like they are part of something bigger than themselves. Everybody wants to feel that they are useful, they are needed, and they want the approval of others. People want to feel like I'm not a bad person. I like helping out. I do what I can. Kita buat apa yang kita mampu. That's mm-hmm. what they say. So it's it's wonderful. Any misconceptions? Misconception generally is that uh, volunteers are generally university students or very young because they don't have familial or financial responsibilities mm. uh, or that they are retirees because they don't have to go to work anymore. They have a lot of time on their hands or that yeah, generally uh, university educated and upper middle income be, or you are your own boss then you have the time to volunteer but anyone can volunteer it doesn't have to be on a weekly basis even if you can do it only once a year that's still a f- an act of service it still makes a difference if you cannot plant 1,000 trees plant 10 trees right. it still makes a difference right. but as a volunteer right are there any etiquettes uh, pertaining to volunteering or any uh, preconceived expectations that volunteers have you know that that, that comes against uh, you know their I would say there's unwritten etiquette, especially when you're dealing with human beneficiaries. Mm. I would say always prioritize their need for privacy and dignity. Nobody wants to feel like they are a charity case. When you're dealing with very vulnerable in uh, communities or individuals like the homeless, victims of trafficking, women or children living in shelters... I would say don't take photographs, don't post or publish photographs. Take photos of volunteers and the donations instead. Take photos from a discrete angle so you know that this is the street where they live, this is where uh, they sleep and this is uh, this is the food that we are giving up. But don't take uh, pictures directly of the uh, of the beneficiaries. If you are dealing with uh, communities that are not so vulnerable, let's say indigenous communities or children at a community centre, get express and informed consent. Let them know that you're taking photos, where it'll be posted, what it'll be used for. If possible, don't take photos of them in a subservient or subordinate um, uh, role. For example, if you are putting up solar panels in an indigenous village. Maybe uh, take pictures of the villagers showing you their farm, teaching you how to farm so that there's not such a huge distinction in status. We are the great big benefactors Mm. and givers and you are the charity cases passively awaiting handouts. Maybe take the children with you for a river cleanup or let the children lead you on a hike. Take pictures that uplift the society. Don't make them appear so powerless. I always say it should 
shouldn't be all about you. It shouldn't be a way of boosting your ego. Oh, look at me. Look at the wonderful things I'm doing. I'm such a good person. Please give me some likes and hearts on my mm. Facebook. Absolutely. On my Facebook post. Because I kind of balk at that. Because you see so many pictures out there. You know, they're receiving hampers. They're receiving But some I, uniforms. I guess there's a fine line there. Because, you know, sometimes when you speak to these people, they say they need to do this to raise awareness of what's actually happening out there. Because if they don't trumpet it, then how are they supposed to rally? Where is the fine line though? Yeah, you shouldn't so have to raise awareness by posting pictures of individuals in which they can be identified like right. homeless individuals their employers might not know they are right. uh, homeless they might get fired from their jobs they might face social and employment repercussions right so post pictures in a way that lets people know okay they, these are all the school supplies we have a hundred children on our list they will be receiving the supplies take pictures of the supplies take pictures of the uh, volunteers maybe take pictures of someone who is in a position like school principal or village chief where they are in a less vulnerable position right especially when it comes to children I always say be very careful because they are not capable of giving informed consent many of them say yes because they are not aware of the repercussions yet at their age right and also I say always check with the non-profit organization what they need and what they want published because for example someone volunteered with um, the uh, the child kid community activity center and they um, describe the children as abandoned children and orphans they are not it's an after school activity center so that the children have a safe place to go after school for wholesome activities and they shouldn't be described as orphans that was very hurtful to the parents so always check with the non-profit what information should you post what information are you allowed to say and always disseminate information in a way that helps the other person have your the, the external party the reader or the viewer in mind what can they learn and take away from this they should know that okay you need uh, clothes you need school supplies you need toiletries so that they go we're not feeling wow you're such an angel god bless you they should feel like all right there are, there are ways i can help there are opportunities for me to help I can volunteer my time, I can volunteer my services, my skills, I can do it one-off, I can do it regularly, or I can donate. Right. Why, why is it important to volunteer in a nutshell? I'd say that because volunteering has great economic value. Just look at what happened after the floods in uh, Sri Muda and Ulu Langat. If we were to rely on the local councils, on the government agencies and contractors and on people to hire um, hired help to help them clean up and repair their homes and repair their appliances and vehicles and all after, after the floods, it would have cost millions. And they would have been waiting for a long time they for would that. Have been waiting for yeah. An incredibly long flood. time and a lot of people won't mm. be in a position to pay right. they've just suffered huge losses so there is great economic value there is great social value because when you volunteer you create a sense of connection and cohesion you realize we are all more similar than mm. we are different 
it also exposes um, the beneficiaries, human beneficiaries to different groups of people. If a, a community is quite insular, they don't meet people of different ethnic groups, different professions and all that. This creates an opportunity for them to meet others and say, hey, um, this, these people who we have maligned for years, we've been told that oh, they are non-believers or they are uh, not nice people, they are not like us. We are all more similar than we are different. It creates a sense of connection and and we all need that in our in human relationships we all want to feel like i have something to give and i have something i need from you in return and that's how um, that's how we all connect and relate to one another I read somewhere that the uh, the percentage of uh, volunteering as you know as an exercise has actually dropped. Do you know anything about that? What's the scene like in Malaysia? I mean, since you sort of you know all over the country. I would say anecdotally mm. that um, the percentage of volunteers in Malaysia has actually risen. That's right. Oh right. Despite Maybe the pandemic. The pandemic so organized volunteer groups like CSR groups and uh, school groups and university groups that used to make up the bulk of uh, volunteer groups has dropped but a lot of people are doing things on their own when I started volunteering with SPCS Lango in 1996 I would say uh, we'd have fewer than five regular volunteers people weren't properly trained in the skills needed animal care skills needed it was on a piecemeal and uh, ad hoc basis and also adoption rates were very low. There were maybe only one or two animal shelters in the Klang Valley then. Look at the situation now. Pretty much every neighbourhood has its own animal rescuer. There are so many private shelters with their own groups of volunteers, their own supporters and donors. Look at the number of people doing things on their own, like people uh, coming out to provide food for the homeless when NGOs were not allowed to operate during the lockdown. So many people decided to cook in their homes or to order food from home caterers and deliver the food directly to homeless, the homeless directly to welfare homes and all. That's so, encouraging to yes, hear. Yes, That's encouraging to hear. Also, the, the stigma has gone. A lot of people previously, 10 years ago, when I cleaned up the forest reserve or river, people would stare at me and say, ah, do you work for MBPJ? Who's, who hired you to do this? Or they'll, they'll look at me and, you know, the expression on their faces is, yeesh so dirty but now people will actually come forward and say thank you good job can I help you let me change my shoes I'll get back to you do you have another rubbish bag do you have another pair of gloves do you have another litter picker they'll bring their children that's the most wonderful thing 15 years ago people will tell their children go to school so that you don't end up picking rubbish or cleaning yeah, up after right. animals. Get you just have to job. focus on studies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Focus on studies. We have, have so much time on the weekends. Go and attend tuition class That's right. uh, so that you get better grades. But now families are coming out to volunteer together. I see this more and more often. Everything from beach cleanups to tree planting to animal shelters and all parents are encouraging their children to volunteer. Not just in, among the upper middle class but I think across all strata of society especially urban mm. the urban population if they I wanted, understand the if, importance if I wanted of to be a volunteer because you know I, I'm yeah. obviously new to this what what do I need to know what I mean what kind of character profiling should <laughs> yeah what sort of Whoa. expectations yes. or things that we need to that we need know to know about or manage because you know Elle probably say to me um can I have like coffee breaks and <laughs> what, what time's lunch 
Yeah, I would say that. I mean, you know, I mean, do we yeah. need to know? That, that's perfectly fine because we are all pretty food motivated. Yeah. So are you, inside, right? Yeah, deep down inside, we are all food motivated, and that's good because if you don't have something to look forward to, then what's the point of living at all, that's right? That's true. Very true. The life isn't just a great big chore. It just isn't just a great big responsibility. Uh, things should be fun. If you are a volunteer coordinator, I tell people keep things relaxed, flexible, and fun. Make people come back you mm. can't fire a volunteer right. and you never yes. humiliate volunteers or make them feel bad if you are a new volunteer I tell you there's a role for everyone there's a way everyone can contribute even whether you can contribute once a year or every week if you are an introvert there are things you can do at home for example friends of mine who say they can't foster or rescue animals they help me collect rags and towels and old newspapers for the animal shelters that's a form of contribution people who are not able to um donate blood they find other ways to help people who are medically vulnerable even if it's by uh, cooking a meal for a charity home they say I can't provide meals every week but this is my birthday week I'd like to cook something special oh, for your home right right, right. what keeps you going Elin? because I see you take on a lot of roles over the years I've personally witnessed you you know doing so much and you have not you've never stopped you know it's it seems to be like you know a train that just keeps going and going yeah, and what's, going what's your end goal actually our, yes I think our circle of compassion can just keep expanding and expanding and expanding it's not finite it's a myth that oh if you care about the environment and animals you must really hate people or you don't care about people so much no our circle of compassion is not finite we can keep on feeling uh, more and more concern and love and compassion and empathy for others I'd say that what keeps me going is knowing how far we've come like I said um, difference between SPCA in 1996 and SPCA now huge difference the animal rescue movement looking back on how far we've come and knowing that society is essentially good a lot of people think oh volunteers and vegans and environmentalists must be a very melancholic bunch they think the world is doomed <laughs> society is, is it doomed not, is that not no. true I, I had that impression in the past no, I admit I think, uh, we may say cynical things yeah. sometimes just to be contrary but I think uh, that's a a lot of reasons for hope and optimism. I see so many people doing what I do, turning awareness into action. A lot of people say, I want to make a difference. If you ask young people, why are they volunteering with an animal shelter and environmental organization? They say, because they love animals and the environment and they want to make a difference and they feel they have something to give to the world. Do you think we should create a new social norm of volunteering? You know, put it in place where, you know, from school... This this is inculcated. Yes, put it. What do you um, think? Create it as a sort of um, second second nature, so yeah. that it's part of the nation consciousness. Yeah. Um, for example, in Japan, in many countries, uh, community service, including like uh, cleaning up public spaces and parks and all, is part of the school curriculum. Yes, we can create that, but we should never make it an obligation or judge anyone who is not able not to contribute. Right? Yeah. Hmm. So create it from from childhood, so that people get used to the idea of volunteering, and also create social incentives in place. For example, in Taiwan, a lot of NGOs actually come up with transport. They come up with vans to pick up um, people who like uh, homemakers and retirees uh, to take them to the community centre so that they can volunteer yes, and make it easy for issue. people yes yeah. make it easier for people yeah. you even even just something as simple as setting up a shower and really good bathroom stalls clean bathrooms so that volunteers can feel comfortable 
Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Or letting people contribute, meet people where they are. If they can't paint an entire orphanage, they can provide the food or drinks. They mm. can offer to drive the van. They can offer to do the washing up. Meet people where they are. Not everybody has to do the same thing and offer the same services. I have friends who can't teach at the community center. They say teaching is not their thing, but they're happy to cook for our year-end party, you know, make make agar-agar and cakes and things like that that their children will mm. love. And that's their way of contribution. I say that's wonderful. That's fantastic. We are very grateful. Yeah, I think bottom line is it's not Start to small. aim. Yeah, not to aim for the sky or the stars, yes. but, you know, every little thing that you do which is a selfless act yes. with no you know demand for payment or rewards it's see, a volunteer in, the, in, in developing way, nations like Malaysia it's very difficult also because employers don't give you paid time off to volunteer Absolutely in the US is. and in a lot of developed nations you get paid time off to volunteer so if you teach at you say you know a, a school for for migrants and refugees once a week you get paid time off for work to go and, and volunteer you get um, a lot of uh, financial and tax benefits for help uh, for for providing social services for example fostering children in the US you can actually make a career out of it you quit your job and stay home and foster children and the state pays you for it ah that's right? probably why so it's in, more but yes. that, could that be counterproductive as well yes when, because when a lot have, of people yeah. start doing it for money and exactly. then it creates room for abuse for exploitation and for corruption mm. a lot of people have the wrong motivations right, right. so so it's a double edged sword so a lot of safeguards have to be in place background checks frequent checks you know um, testimonials from others and all that you have to have lots of safeguards in place mm. I mean safe to say everyone wants to give back I mean yeah, I lot, think it's human yeah, nature most, most of us want to give back yes and you know like for for those of us who are very new at this uh, volunteering how do we start where do we start what do we do go on social media or just check out websites of the causes you believe in Find the ones nearest to you. So instead of going for Greenpeace International people and the Rainbow <laughs> Warrior going to the Arctic and Antarctic, no, the Arctic no, sounds find good. Out, yeah, find out what <laughs> they're doing like in Greenpeace one. KL. What are they doing? And even if you say you don't have time to physically volunteer to put in time, help spread the message, share the message because you don't know who in your circles are able to help out. Okay. You know, even things like you can't help out in an animal shelter, you can't adopt or foster an animal. Help them share their adoption appeals. You never know who among your friends might be able to help and that's a form of service because an organization might be able to reach out to their what 9,000 members and then the 9,000 members share it out and then it reaches 90,000 people so it's like a ripple effect so exactly spreading the word is a way of helping out you never know who among your circles are are in a position to to contribute we can all play a part I feel so inspired Honestly, yes. <laughs> so Intan and I would probably want to. I'd probably choose something know, a cause that's close hand. to my heart. Probably, I I think uh, be, beach cleaning and you know picking up turtle eggs might be my cup of tea. I think. Yes, yeah, well, I think they need help there too. Yes, Malaysia Nature Society Green Living. Before the pandemic, we have annual turtle volunteer programs yep. in yep. the east coast. We'll yep. start with the you can call me. Yeah, hatchery yes, and then move on to the Turtle Conservation Society that's of Malaysia, right. and then we get people to help out, and it's become a family event. People People look forward to it. Yeah. And we are really looking forward to resuming it this year. So the wonderful part about volunteering is that you don't have to reach for the stars, but you just start small wherever you are in whichever community you come from. So all you need to do is just look out, go on the website, find a cause that you believe in, as Elin says, and, and just start small. You know, if you can't spend your time, I think we can donate 
we can yeah, do little things. You can play your part in every little way that you can, I think. Um, you don't have to, you know, go and do big, big stuff like yes, you mentioned. everybody can make a difference. Right. That's right. what makes our society the wonderful and beautiful and cohesive society that it is. Everybody being little pieces in the entire jigsaw puzzle, putting the pieces of the puzzle together nicely put I think that's a great conclusion I think we've come to the end of our show but before we go let me remind all you listeners out there not to forget to get a copy of Sunday Vibes which is inside the new Sunday Times feeling which go online to www.nst.com.my and also please do visit our Instagram page at Sunday Vibes at NST so all you need to do is just look out for us on Instagram you know support us like us you know give your comments what do you think volunteering is to you and would you do it you know we'd love to hear from you and if you're out there wanting to do something now is your chance for you to do something good and you can ask us for Elaine's number too <laughs> uh, yes that one on a separate note <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you so much for joining us thank you so much Elaine thank you it's my absolute so pleasure yes and to all your listeners out there see you guys in a fortnight's time i think yes bye. absolutely bye